Today is June the 14th. What is God's long-term view of us? Let's find out together as we look at Deuteronomy 28. Reading through the Bible in a year today, I just want you to read one chapter, but it's a very long one. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here, uh, Moses uh, begins now the last discourse to Israel. And in this discourse, he starts in chapter 27 by building an altar on Mount Ebal. Starting in verse 11 of chapter 27, he begins to lay out curses against those who would disobey um, the commands of the Lord. Uh, he puts in verse 12, six of the tribes to call out from Mount Gerizim right in front of Mount Ebal, a blessing over the nation. And six other tribes are to stand on Mount Ebal, and they proclaim the curses. Starting in verse 15, he enumerates 12 curses. Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol. All the people replied, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor. Now, if you notice, these first three verses deal with uh, the Ten Commandments. So he's going back to the book of the law where it starts. But he doesn't just stay in the Ten Commandments. He goes on to talk about doing justice. Cursed is anyone who does not do justice, who denies justice. He talks about sexual purity. He talks about theft again and finishes in verse 26. Cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the terms of these instructions. And all the people reply, Amen. Now, after six of the tribes pronounce those curses, the other six tribes pronounce blessings. They shout out nine blessings. In chapter 28, verse 2, you'll experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Your fruit and your grain will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. And he goes on, he talks about other blessings that they'll receive. Now when he finishes that, in verse 15, it appears that now these are not the formulaic uh, uh, recitals of blessings and curses by six tribes on this mountain and six tribes on that mountain. Instead, this is Moses again speaking. He starts in verse 15. 
But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees that I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. He takes those five blessings that he started with in chapter 28, and he turns them around. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit and your grain will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. Your herds and your flocks will be cursed. Whatever you go, wherever you go, whatever you do, you'll be cursed. But then he begins to do something very, very interesting. He begins to talk about what will happen, not immediately, but long-term. In verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You know, the books of Amos and Hosea, prophets that would have prophesied 400 years after this, they talk about the nations who are defeating Israel in battle. Verse 33, a foreign nation that you've never heard about will eat the crops you work so hard to grow. Jeremiah talks about the invading nations that eat their crops. Verse 36, the Lord will exile you and your king to a nation unknown to you and your ancestors. The book of Isaiah talks about Israel going into exile. Verse 38, you'll plant much, but harvest little, for locusts will eat your crops. The book of Joel talks about the locust invasion that consumes Israel's crops. Verse 43, the foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. Ezra and Nehemiah talk about exactly that how Israel's neighbors were stronger than they were. Verse 49, the Lord will bring a distant nation against you from the end of the earth. It'll swoop down on you like a vulture. It's a nation whose language you don't understand. The New Testament tells the story how first Greece, then Rome invaded Israel, swooped down on them like a vulture. Now, it seems to me that what Moses is doing is he's saying sin has a long-term effect on us. You know, the reason most of us even get involved in sin in the first place is not because sin is, is nasty. It's because the short-term effects of sin are so pleasant. We steal because we want money now. We see it and we take it. The long-term effect, it hurts us. Uh, we're caught. We pay back what we stole plus a penalty. We commit adultery because short-term we see someone or something that we want and we take it. Long-term effect, it destroys our relationship and we're left with nothing. We lie because short-term effect, it will be more, we'll receive honor, we'll receive recognition. Long-term effect, we're disgraced. We sin 
because we focus on a short-term effect. God says, don't do that. Focus on the long-term effect. See what disobedience and sin, see where it will take you and live your life in that recognition. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question, why does God help us?